0: G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. I mentioned briefly on Bloke and a Bar on Monday that, uh, and look, I'm not wildly concerned about this. I just think it will be a talking point to start next season. I think it's something that people are sleeping on a little bit. I think it'll be interesting at the Cronulla Sharks how the halves combination of Nico Hines uh, and Braden Trindle is going to go. Because for me, obviously, Nico Hines, he's one of the most ball-dominant sevens in this competition. Um, He gets more handles than anyone. I I don't think there's a seven in this competition, maybe outside of... DCE uh, that has more control over their side than what Nico does. And I wouldn't change that about Nico. I never would want to change that about Nico. Uh, he plays both sides of the rucks. He covers, you know, plenty of Ks throughout games. He is just popping up everywhere. And I love that about Nico. I love that uh, from a super coach perspective about Nico as well. It's what makes him so great. And I wouldn't want to change that. Uh, and if I was the Sharkies, I probably wouldn't be changing that either. Uh, but I have a look at. This combination heading into next season, obviously Matty Moylan, uh, he has been released to go and join. I think it's the Lee Leopards over there with Adrian Lamb. Uh, I think that'll be a good little get for them. I think he'll do well over there, Moiser, A guy that I've always been a huge fan of, Matty Moylan. Uh, Look, did he reach the heights that I hoped he would in his career? No, he didn't. Uh, But he always had ability, Matty Moylan. And, you know, I I think maybe he was a little bit too much of a blasé character at times uh, for the NRL. Uh, And there's pros and cons that come with that, obviously. But a guy that was, you know, a captain of the Penrith Panthers at a very very young age made his way over the Cronulla Sharks and it looked like injury was going to completely derail his career uh, and he managed to play a fair whack of first grade by the end and sort of overcome a lot of those problems which uh, which just plagued him for a very long time I think if you have a look at some of the stats from the last few years I know a lot of people like to get stuck into Moylan and sure you do you uh, I see he's a very popular guy on Twitter to go after um, I mean his stats from the last few years have been pretty damn impressive. As as far as, sorry, his stats in attack have been pretty impressive as far as uh, his try involvements and whatnot. uh, He he just played his role perfectly in this Sharkies team. Now, I'm talking strictly attack. I understand defensively uh, Matty Moylan. He has a lot of issues there, uh, and there was obviously a lot of issues throughout the last few years. But to be perfectly honest with you, I also think the other thing that will start to show this year uh, is that Hines also has a lot of defensive issues as well. Uh, But because Moylan was so poor last year in defense, uh, that sort of got overshadowed a little bit. So I I think you'll find a lot of teams will really try and target Nico Hines next year in defense. Uh, That's a little something to watch for next year as it proceeds. We'll see how it goes. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, that's the sort of vibe that I get. Um, But when you have a look at this combination, I think that Matty Moylan, whilst he wasn't a perfect footballer, Moylan, and whilst he wasn't a 10 out of 10 lights out guy every single week, he played his role really well. He, he, He sat back and he just allowed Nico Hines to take control of that side. And quite often quite often, you know, people get stuck in saying you know, not as involved, the lazy and all this sort of stuff. The reality was he was playing with the ball dominant seven. And when you're playing with the ball dominant seven, who's got a hot hand like Nico Hines, you need to take a step back. And I think sometimes people want to use it as a criticism and say oh, he does nothing. The reality is it takes a very good footballer to know just when to step back. you got to remember, guys come into first grade, you know, they come from their club, their town, their city, and they're the best player there. They're not used to playing second fiddle to guys. And Matty Moylan he addressed the role that he had to play at the Cronulla Sharks with Nico Hines, and he did it perfectly. Nico Hines won a M medal. Um, I'll I'll give you the hot tip right now. You do not win a M medal as a halfback without a 5'8 who does you favours. It is just the fucking reality of it. You also don't win M halfback of the year without a handy hooker. He had that in Blake Braley. But the role that Matty Moylan played, you don't stack up M points and, you know, supercoach points and all this sort of stuff if you're Nico Hines. If you don't have a 5'8 that allows you to play your natural game. And Nico's natural game is to be ball dominant. And my big worry is how him and Trindle are going to gel together. That's my biggest concern. Now, let me start by saying this. I love Trindle as a footballer. I've been a huge fan of him. Uh, For those of you that have been uh, following Guru for quite some time, you might remember, I think it was 2019 or 2020 uh, we had the Auckland Nines or wh- wherever the hell it was and I actually had Trindle as my breakout player in that comp. He's a guy that I watched come through that I'm a huge fan of uh, but in my opinion Trindle's a seven uh, and I think it's going to be very very interesting to see how these two gel together and I think it will take time obviously it's not going to be an overnight thing but I do think for the first few weeks of the season it is going to be a talking point and I haven't even had a look at the Sharkies draw to be completely honest with you. I'm going to get it up now and see what it looks like Uh, but if it's a tough draw to start I reckon this could become a very, very big talking point very quickly because I, I, I don't think it's going to click together straight away. I think it's going to take a bit of time, and I, I'm I'm not totally convinced it's going to be perfect, to be honest with you. Uh, so they've got the Warriors week one at uh, in New Zealand. That's going to be tough. They then play the Canterbury Bulldogs at Shark Park. They then play the West Tigers. They then play the Camber Raiders into a bye. Okay, so the Sharkies, to their credit, they have got a pretty good start to the season, so that definitely does help them. Uh, in my opinion, they sh- – I'll probably be backing them, uh, maybe not in New Zealand. Maybe you back the Warriors to knock them over there, but that, that's a pretty even contest for me. Uh, I will then back them to beat the Bulldogs with new combinations, the West Tigers and the Canberraiders, who are missing a couple of guys at home into a buy. They haven't got South Sydney, Cowboys, Raiders again, Dragons, Storm roosters Panthers yeah okay so they've got they've got the first five weeks or so before they buy to sort of gel all their combinations and everything so that that definitely helps this argument oh, sorry it hinders the argument I'm making it helps the sharkies no doubt about that but I do think it will be interesting to see how these guys go and I think the moiser despite all everything he all of his downfalls in defense and look overall would you rather have um would you rather have Trindle there than Moylan when you take in attack defense everything like Not that Trindle's a defensive juggernaut or anything like that. But, yeah, it's all going to probably even out to be better for Cronulla, I reckon. But I do think this halves combination is going to be interesting to see how long it takes to gel. And I think it's going to be interesting to see the impact it has on Nico Hines. Now... Supercoach isn't the be-all and end-all yeah, and I completely understand that but I thought I'd just go through and show you some numbers so if you ever look from round 21 onwards that's when the combination was Braden Trindle um, and Nico Hines, so if you ever look from round 21 onwards, round 21 they played the Manly Seagulls who were, you know, out of finals contention, round 22 they played the Penrith Panthers who were red hot, they got slapped in that, 28-0 uh, round 23 they played the South Sydney Rabbitohs who were, just, who were starting to fall into a, who had fallen into a heap, round 24 They played the Gold Coast Titans, who weren't going to crash hot. Round 25, they played the North Queensland Cowboys, also weren't going to crash hot. Round 26, they played the Newcastle Knights, who are in good good form. They got beat 32 points to six. Uh, And then they played the Canberra Raiders in the last week, 24 points to six. They won that one. Uh, The Raiders weren't obviously going great guns. So it is interesting that, you know, in that period of this halves combination, they played two good teams, realistically, with all due respect to the other sides. Uh, I mean, if you want to call it, they played two teams in the top four six. They played the Panthers, got beat 28-0. A lot of teams could have got beat by that sort of margin uh, at Penrith, so I, I don't look too far into it, but still 28-0 is a pretty fucking good drumming. I mean, the Sharkies were a top eight side as well, keep in mind. The other game they played against top eight side was Newcastle. They got beat 32 points to six. Granted, both those games are at Penrith and at um, Newcastle, but still, uh, you know, that's two top, eight, two top eight teams going head-to-head before finals, and they got beat by you know, well and truly 13 plus in both those contests. So not great. They then played the Canberra Raiders. Granted, they beat the Raiders at home. Uh, The Raiders, yes, they were a top eight side, but like Christ, they, they, they really battled to be there. Like they were by far and away the worst team in the top eight. I think that's fair to say. I don't think, I don't think Canberra Raiders fans will get too upset about that. So, I mean, it's not overly impressive. The the hard games they had, they really didn't compete in. Um, And, you know, yes, they beat the Raiders, who who are a top eight side. But the hard games they played in against the informed, good teams, uh, they didn't really strike a blow in those games. Beaten by, you know, 26-plus points in both those games. You have a look at, uh, in the other games that they did win, obviously against teams out of form and bottom eight teams. But what I found really interesting was the super coach scores in those games. So if you have a look, and you know what? On the surface, it actually doesn't look that bad. And th- this is where it gets really interesting. So let me give you the entire context. So from round twenty twenty one onwards, Nico Hines played with Braden Trindle at 5'8". Uh, Nico Hines had scores of 86 against Manly. 22 against Penrith, 100 against South Sydney. 55 against the Gold Coast Titans, 108 against the Cowboys, and 127 against the Canberra Raiders. So if you have a look against the good teams they played in that period, um, you know, sort of struggled a little bit during that. To to be fair, sorry, I've got to take it back. Nico Hines didn't play in that game against the Newcastle Knights. I didn't realise that. Uh, But that's not included in these stats anyway, but that's just for context from earlier. Uh, So that's how he went in those games, right? So if you have a look across those games... With Trindle, Hines averaged 83. And it is absolutely insanity to bag a guy for only averaging 83 in Supercoach. Keep in mind, he did play a number of the bottom teams. Uh, the you know the one top eight side that he played, he scored 22. Uh, he, he did score 127 uh, against the Raiders, though, to be fair. But you have a look across that stretch. And Nico Hines averaged 83 points with Trindle, yeah? 83 points with Trindle across that period, which is pretty good, yeah? There's no denying that. That's a fucking fantastic average. That's unreal. It's not poor or anything like that. But what is interesting is when you look at his average with Matt Moylan throughout the year. So his average with Matt Moylan throughout the year was just about bang on 100, yeah? So he finished the season with an average of 95. His average with Matt Moylan was 100 super coach points throughout this year. Uh, Now, granted, that includes a big score of 180. That includes a big score of 126, 129, 156. But the reality is that, you know, he is a guy that scores high. Even with, with with Trindle, he played, what, seven games or whatever it is. He still scored 300. So he's still scoring well with Trindle. There is no denying that whatsoever. I don't think Nico Hines is going to fall into an absolute heap or any shit like that. He is still going to score well. But it is interesting to see that in a really good run of teams that are out of form that they played, Nico Hines... Average 83, and that includes 300, yeah? So he's not out of form. He averaged 83. But you look for the rest of the season, um, you know, when they played some pretty fucking handy sides throughout that as well, uh, and Hines averaged 100 with Matt Moylan playing 5'8". So 17 points is a big swing between halves partners. Trindle had a smaller sample size, no doubt about it, but he probably also had an easier run. You know, out of those games, the only really informed team they played was the Pendle Panthers, and he scored 22 in that. That dragged him down, no doubt about it. But all these other games are against teams uh, that the Sharkies were going better than realistically. Uh, so really, really interesting to consider how this could potentially affect Matt. Uh, how this could potentially affect Nico Hines next season. I think there is a little something to this. I think it will take time. I think that the longer they spend together, it, it all comes down to you know Tr- Trindl going to have to take a little bit of a backseat. I think unless they completely change the way they play. Because to be honest with you, I know Nico Hines is a Dally M winner as a halfback and all that sort of stuff. But if I just put them, if I just put their baseball cards next to each other and I look at their skill sets and what each of them is is good at and whatnot, you know, I would kind of lean towards saying Trindle is more of a natural halfback than what Nico Hines is. Like I personally think Nico Hines could jump into fullback or 5'8 and be just as dominant. I wouldn't mind. And you know, you saw it in the in the grand final when Jack Hoggert jumped into halfback. Nathan Cleary just got a little bit wider, and you saw how much damage he caused. I would love to see Trindle sort of take up that role of playing that halfback sort of role and having Hines a little bit wider, but this is where Hines does his very best work. Normally one off the ruck when he's shooting down open sides and short sides. If you watch the way that Hines plays halfback, it's very... It's, it's it's very unorthodox. It's very unstructured. And this is why the, the Sharkies are their attack at times. It is so exciting. But then when it's not working, it's complete and utter fucking shambles because they don't really have a traditional seven that leads them around the park. It's been successful for them against bottom sides, but realistically against top four teams. The Sharky's record is awful against those teams. And, you know, it has been for a while. They haven't won finals footy games. And I do wonder if maybe this has something to do with it. Maybe it is something that Craig Fitzgibbon needs to look at and adapt his side a little bit. Uh, Because I think that you want Nico Hines being ball dominant. There's no doubt about it. But maybe if he can get the ball a little bit wider, if Trindle can straighten up the attack a little bit more. Maybe there's something in that. I I, I don't know. know, Craig Fitzgibbon would obviously know better than me, guys. But it is just something that I've noticed. When I watched some of the back end of last season between Trindle and Hines, it was something that I noticed that I was just like, geez, this just doesn't look spot on. And granted, they started playing together in round 21, yes. They didn't have a whole preseason to get used to each other and a whole season to play alongside each other. They will in 2024. So maybe this comes to absolutely nothing. But I do think it will be something that will be very interesting to watch at the Cronulla Sharks, how these two guys gel together. Because at the moment, you've got a natural halfback in Braden Trindle, I think probably going to play 5'8". And then you've just got, uh, you know, just a natural footballer playing halfback who plays very ball dominant. And when you've got a character like Matt Moylan sitting out on the left edge who's happy not to touch the ball for three sets because he's happy just to wait for his moment, you can sort of play like that and you can get away with it against most sides. Against the top sides, I think it's pretty evident that you can't. But you can get away with it against most sides. I looked though at Braden Trindle and I I I just don't think Trindle's that sort of character and maybe he has to become that guy to fit in with Hines But then you also do become a little bit one-dimensional with your attack if everything is going through Hines. And I think there's some other teams um, that have probably worked that out. So very, very interesting to see what happens at the Cronulla Sharks. This is a spot that I'm going to be watching very, very closely next season. I'm really looking forward to seeing how it all plays out. It'll be interesting as we get closer to the season. I'm sure there'll be a lot of super coach pages, especially draft players, that'll start to sort of talk about these stats a little bit. And it'll it'll, it'll, it'll start to evolve that, you know, with Matt Moylan next to him, Nico Hines averaged 100. Uh, throughout the season, he averaged 95. With Trindle, though... Against a lot of teams that they should have beaten quite convincingly, he averaged eighty three. Now is eighty three a bad score? No, it's not. But it is really interesting when you can when you when, when you're sitting there with maybe like a pick one or two draft pick, and you've got your Nathan Clearys of the world who. You know, he finished last season with an 80-point average. There are – I think there was a couple of, like, injury games and whatnot throughout that, especially his last game. Um, sorry, I've got the wrong stats up here. I've got the year before. Let me get it up. Uh, so if you're having a look at like, at, like, your first draft picks and you've got a guy like Nathan Cleary who finished with a season average of 89, which is less than what Nico Hines' was, uh, but there are a couple of injury-affected games in that or there's one injury-affected game in that, so you can boost that up a little bit. All of a sudden, the eighty-three with Trindle becomes very interesting. In which direction you go? If you're a big Tommy Turbo guy and you think he's in for a big season, um, you know you have a look at guys like even like a Scott Drinkwater. Like what did he average this year? Uh, he finished with a with a season average of eighty-three, and he started incredibly slow. He scored fifty-nine, one seventy, and forty-nine to open the season. Still finished with an eighty-three point average in SuperCoach. That's exactly the same as what Nico Hines did with Braden Trindle against the vast majority of games that he played in against bottom eight sides that were out of form. So very, very interesting to see how it all plays out with Nico Hines. I think that last year, I mean, I obviously had first draft pick in my comp, so I went Nathan Cleary, uh, but... I think Nico Hines was a very obvious number two. I, I, I think he, he was a knockout punch number two. And if you went him number one, you would have been fine throughout the season. Uh, but I do think next year, whoever gets Nico Hines, I do think there will be a, a few nerves coming into that season just to see how he how he goes with Trindle. The other thing about Trindle as well is that he's a very good goal kicker. Um, and this is where, you know, Hines, he's a handy goal kicker, but he's not hes not absolutely top shelf. I, I and You know what? He's, he's improved over the years. But that's the other thing that I worry about, The bringing Trindle in, he, he's a genuine goal kicker. He's a guy that can sort of kick them over at a pretty high click. So that's another worry I would have throughout the season, that if Nico Hines hits a bit of a rut with his goal kicking, potentially loses that uh, to Trindle. So an absolute heap to take in there. So much to consider. It's very, very early days. Looking forward to watching these two go about their stuff in the trials. And look, for all we know, Craig Fitzgibbon grabs Trindle and says, hey, you need to do what Matty Morland did last year. You just need to bide your time, play your role, hang out on that left edge, let Nico control the ruck. Uh, And if Trindle does that, sweet. We're we're, we're the same as the last few years. I'm just not convinced Trindle is that sort of a player. You might find that Fitzy goes tricky. I need you to straighten up the line. You're going to be our halfback, Moisa. Sorry, Hines. I want you to play your natural game, popping up everywhere. Just going to be a little bit wider this time. And all of a sudden... You know, if they play like that, you might find that Hines' Supercoach scores absolutely explode. A lot to think about, a lot to take in there. Just something to consider and something to, to ha- have a think about as we come into Supercoach season, especially if you're a draft player and you Sharkies fans. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Am I being over the top? Am I overthinking it? It's just a vibe that I got from watching. And then it is funny when these super coach stats sort of back that up what, what what I was sort of thinking when I was watching that so super coach stats aren't the be all and end all there's no doubt about it but when you're looking at a 17 point swing on average between two ball players uh, for Nico Hines maybe there is something in it so let me know your thoughts Sharkies fans send me a message on Instagram at Rugby League Guru very very keen to hear your thoughts on this one a little bit controversial and I understand that uh, but we're always trying to be honest on the podcast and give our g- a genuine perspective of uh, how we See it all playing out. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.